KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Welcome in San Diego, it's Jade Hindman. Today marks the 23rd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. We'll talk with two advocates who are pushing awareness during Disability Pride Month. This is KPBS Midday Edition, connecting our communities through conversation. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. According to the CDC, as many as one in four adults in the U.S. have some type of disability, and many people face difficulties with access to services and even things as simple as sidewalks. But the list goes on. I mean, imagine using a wheelchair and needing a ride share to come pick you up. Would they have the equipment to accommodate your needs? This is why the Americans with Disabilities Act is so important. This year marks its 33rd anniversary and July marks Disability Pride Month, a time for the ADA to be celebrated and attention brought to issues impacting people with disabilities. Umberto Germelan and Alex Montoya are advocates for disability rights, and they join us now. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Jade. Thank you. Yes, so glad to have you both. And this question, my first question is for both of you all. Um, You're passionate advocates for disability rights. So can you tell us why this issue is so important to you? Umberto, I'll start with you. Thank you, Jay. First of all, uh, thank you so much for for the opportunity. And and I'm always uh, excited to join uh, my good friend, Alex, who's been, you know, a leader in in advocating for people with disabilities for, for a longer time than I have. But uh, it's a great, I think, just uh, the idea of elevating the issues and the challenges, but also celebrating the contributions and the impact that people with disabilities have in our community. I think that's that's the whole uh, purpose behind Disability Pride Month and uh, really acknowledging the anniversary of the American with Disabilities Act because so many Americans are living with a disability. So many uh, people around the world are also living with a disability. And uh, although we have made great advancements in creating a more accessible community and more accessible world, it's just um, there's still a lot of work to be done. And, and I'm just happy to to be here you know, talking about it. And I think that the more that we talk about it is good for our community. And Humberto, you are living with a disability. Tell me how um, that changed your life. Yeah, I, I was uh, about to turn 16 years old and I suffered a spinal cord injury by diving for headfirst into the ocean, practicing my favorite sport surfing. And uh, after that, um, I obviously hit the bottom of the ocean, fractured my neck and, and ended up with paralysis in about 80% of my body. And uh, it's been about 29 years since that accident. Uh, I was fortunate enough to make it to the hospital and with the support of my family, friends, and a lot of support from the community and through a lot of opportunities, uh, I was able to recover, to uh, rehab, eventually go to school and and accomplish some of the goals and dreams that I had 
even prior to my to my injury. And today, I'm just uh, excited to be able to talk about not only my story, but really about the story of so many people with disabilities that are in our community and are um, paving the way for other individuals by you know, elevating the voices and talking about it and really creating awareness about you know, these issues and these challenges that are out there. But uh, it's been a, an interesting journey uh, with a lot of lessons and a lot of experiences. But again, I'm just one, one story because there's many, many out there. That's good to hear. And Alex, how did this issue become a focus for you? You also have a disability, right? I do. And uh, I, I echo uh, Bethel's sentiments of uh, thanking you for allowing us to be on here. Um, and it's really a mutual admiration society uh, because I admire everything that Bethel has done professionally and uh, in advocacy and, 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 and just all the ways that he's made people's lives better, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, for myself, I was born with my disability uh, due to a um, birth defect. I was born as a triple amputee in Medellin, uh, Colombia. I wear three prosthetics. Uh, I emigrated to the U.S. when I was uh, four years old. And uh, because of my disability, I uh, wear prosthetics on my both my arms and my right leg. And um, I feel disability rights and, and disability advocacy is really important uh, for a couple of different reasons. Uh, number one, when you talk about disability um, advocacy and, and rights, it's really uh, the rights for all of us, for every single person out there. Uh, access is something we all need and, and it's something we all benefit from. Um, but especially with July uh, being the anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, and Disability Pride, it's, it's just the, the right time to really uh, amplify that. Um, and especially in the context of um, diversity and inclusion. Uh, so oftentimes when we talk about diversity, we, we uh, think about um, race and gender and uh, any number of things. And usually disability gets left out of the discussion. And so it's crucial to make sure that uh, people with disabilities are included in the uh, diversity discussion. And I know you both are working uh, to make sure that happens. Umberto, you were in the media business previously. Tell me about that and what you're doing now. Thank you. Yeah, I was I was very fortunate that I was able to accomplish my dream of becoming a sportscaster at a, at a very young age. I was always uh, dreaming of becoming uh, a sportscaster. And um, I went to college and earned a communication degree, eventually joined Telemundo here in San Diego for a few years, about 14 years working there. I had a great experience, uh, great relationships that I that I formed. And uh, eventually I transitioned into other areas of communication. I went into teaching, journalism, communications, public relations. I worked a couple of years for Supervisor Nora Vargas at the County of San Diego, which was an amazing, amazing opportunity. And I'm really grateful to her and to that team. And just recently, uh, I, I joined uh, San Diego Guest and Electric's communication team as well. So I'm still in the field of communication, working uh, in the field that I love and, and continue uh, moving forward. Absolutely. And Alex, you've been on on Midday before uh, to talk about one of the books you wrote. Uh, What would you say is the common thread among the 10 books you've actually written? Probably the common thread among all of those is uh, the theme of overcoming adversity. Uh, For me, that has included overcoming my disability challenges. Um, And I believe there's a commonality there uh, with the adversity that we all overcome and that we all face, uh, whether you have a physical disability, intellectual disability, non, non-visible disability, or even if you don't consider yourself uh, disabled at all, 
Um, everyone is going through some sort of challenge uh, where we uh, really need to have uh, the grit and determination uh, that I have found within my disability experience. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman, and I'm speaking with Humberto Germilan and Alex Montoya about Disability Pride Month. And so Disability Pride Month uh, marks the anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Humberto, can you talk to us about the significance of the ADA? Oh, yeah. It's it's something that I think for, for many years, even myself, uh, it was kind of a, a, a date that was under the radar until um, some time ago when I started realizing that uh, this was such an important landmark in terms of legislation that that was signed uh, to uh, provide individuals with disabilities with, with many protections against discrimination. Also, I, I think that just learning about the, the fight and the struggles that and the movement that was behind uh, that legislation being signed and everything that had to happen for it to, to be a, a real thing here in the United States, uh, learning about that was really something that made me understand the significance, uh, just like the Civil Rights Act, just like every other piece of legislation that uh, protects individuals' rights, that protects individuals' uh, freedoms, that protects uh, people against uh, uh, discrimination, and so on and so forth. This landmark was huge. And to put it into perspective, this was signed in 1990, uh, which you know seems like a long time ago, but really it's it's been only three decades, a little bit over three decades. And, and uh, to me, I was dumbfounded by how recent this was and how long it took. And, and you know, that's why we must continue to elevate these issues, must continue to talk about disabilities, create awareness, and really push for a more inclusive, more accessible community. Because as Alex, Alex was saying, uh, accessibility, inclusion, it's not only for people with disabilities, for everybody in our community, everybody benefits. So that's, that's why this is such an important issue, important topic to talk about. That's why we need to uh, commemorate, you know, the signing of the American with Disabilities Act and really build on that to to ensure that we're creating you know communities that are accessible communities that are friendly for anybody from all walks of life and and people from all types or that have contained all types of abilities and Alex is there anything you'd like to add to that sure well just to echo uh, Becco's uh, Bethel sentiments um, the ADA uh, has been around um, uh, more than three decades now <clears throat> and it really is quite um, stunning and disappointing to see how it's still not fully adhered to or, or obeyed uh, nationwide. Uh, there are still uh, a number of uh, physical buildings that do not meet uh, ADA codes. A lot of times you will see, you will see people uh, really indicate uh, an, an ignorance or lack of knowledge about the ADA. And there really is no excuse for that, given that it's been around uh, so long. There are constantly uh, examples of um, situations where the ADA either is disobeyed or not fully, fully uh, adhered to. Um, and the only way that we can really ensure uh, that it does uh, improve is to uh, constantly uh, amplify the education of it. You know, one of our reporters, Katie Heisen, um, recently spoke with a little girl named Bella who is hearing impaired. Uh, and because of the ADA, she's able to participate in activities that really would have otherwise been out of reach for her. Uh, I'd like to play that story. Uh, take a listen. Okay, sit down, sit down. There we go. Like many public swimming pools, Claremont's is loud, with shrieks, splashing, and adults exercising patience. Okay. 
Benicio on the stairs, Benicio on the stairs. Research suggests that to nine-year-old Isabella Carroll, it might sound something like this. She was born without certain cells in her ears that are needed to hear. Attached to the back of her neck is a waterproof cochlear implant. It allows her to hear some sound, like when her swimming coach calls. She looks to him and then to her sign language interpreter, Roy Hensley, who stands on the pool's edge. He communicates in sign what her coach is explaining. So you guys need to be curling your knees inwards, toes pointed outwards. Then Hensley points. Bella whips her head around to watch the coach demonstrating proper kicks with his arms. Out and around like that, okay? Out. Are you going to finish down there or all the way back up where you started? A few years ago, we did try to give Bella swim lessons through a regular um, program that, you know, all the hearing world uses, and um, she really could not catch on. That's Bella's grandmother, Janet Brown. Interpreter services are available for any of the city's programs, but you have to know they exist. We didn't even know this was available. We were trying to do swim lessons through you know, the public, and we weren't getting anywhere until her, um, her deaf friend's mom told us that we could ask for an interpreter. Brown is hoping the city will expand its offerings. I'm so grateful the city offers this, but if there was more, um, a variety of sports that they would offer the interpreter to, um, I think it would be really great. Bella practices Taekwondo, which is not yet offered by the city. She also plays volleyball. It's for the deaf kids to be able to be on a team, interact with, with the hearing children. I, I think it's really important for their self-confidence that they can see they can be on a team and as good as the other teammates. She wanted Bella, who surfs, to become a strong swimmer for safety. She feels much more confident in the water, and now she's um, like she's not afraid to go into the ocean by herself. Our neighbor has a pool, and she's willing just to jump right in, where before she'd get in and she'd just hold on to the edge. And I feel that that sense of ability, you know, confidence, has also expanded itself onto skateboarding, rollerblading. You know, she, oh, I can do this, you know. And, so it's been a huge boost. She's a lot cooler than I was at her age. <laughs> I know, I should call it I was. Brown says that new confidence empowered her to approach people and make friends, too. So she's included a lot more with the other kids at the playground. To her interpreter, Hensley, it's about basic equity. It's important because it's part of life. It's something a kid wants to do, so it should be accessible for them. For Bella, it's even more straightforward. While Hensley interprets for her, she signs her reasons for swimming. Because I need to learn um, and exercise my legs and, and become smart. I like the swimming, just be, I just love it. I love it. Katie Heisen, KPBS News. And one of the things that stood out to me in that story is that the Americans with Disabilities Act requires the city to offer interpreter services for any of its programs, but you really have to know that they exist and request them. So how important is awareness to accessibility? You know, I would say uh, on my end, awareness is probably the most important uh, aspect. Um, people are very much confined to their experiences and their challenges. And um, even if they 
see kind of what other people are going through in the world, um, unless they're truly made aware of it, they're really not knowledgeable of the situation. So the more awareness that we can provide of uh, our challenges, our struggles, but also our victories, also the things that, that are available, uh, it really helps everyone. I totally agree with Alex. I think that awareness is is one of the key components and it's not enough just to create programs or to uh, create opportunities because these opportunities and programs without creating awareness about these opportunities and programs is really is, is doing a disservice to people out there because when you don't create awareness, these programs are not used, these opportunities are not seized. And then they're taken away again, because what are they going to say? Well, you know, nobody used them. Nobody took advantage. And I'll, I'll give you a really quick example of, of when policymakers are, are intentional about creating opportunities. And when they do create awareness about these opportunities, these policies are effective. I, I had the opportunity of working, like I said, with Supervisor Vargas, right now Chairwoman Vargas. And last year, she presented an initiative to create more accessibility uh, within the county, uh, not only facilities, but also the programs. And one of the one of the items in that piece of legislation was to make sure that there was a, uh, awareness and, and more um, information uh, sent out to people with disabilities so that they knew and that they know that these resources are available. That's that's when you're mindful about these things. That's when these uh, these things work. And I think, like Alex was saying, it's just important to create awareness uh, because that ensures that those of us that need those services and those resources uh, and those opportunities are able to go out and get them. Alex, outside of interpreter services, what are some of the other things the ADA covers and how does it apply to San Diego City and County? It covers a number of areas from buildings, commercial buildings, residential buildings, to access to transportation, to even uh, employment uh, and hiring practices. There are generally not very many areas the ADA does not cover. Umberto, what are some of the things that people are not aware of that they should be aware of? I would encourage people to find out a little bit more about what the American Disabilities Act is. Obviously, it's it's a piece of legislation. I don't expect anybody to read the whole thing, but just get a sense of of what it means and why it, it's there. And just you know, be aware of the importance of, of this legislation uh, that provides such important protections for those with disabilities. I think that's going to that's gonna be a great start uh, for, for everybody out there. And, and that eventually becomes something that's in your mind. And then you take action, you know, in certain ways to be more respectful about, uh, you know, accessibility in terms of respecting accessible spaces. And I'll give you just one example. Uh, you know, blue parking spots and, and striped areas and that sort of stuff that are made for ramps for people in wheelchairs. You know, it, it's a common issue that we we face uh, when people do not respect those areas and those those uh, those spots. But pe- people were aware of it and, and knew about the reasons why we have that. That it's it's just going to make for a more uh, accessible community. So sometimes it's not even about creating more policies, not even about creating more spaces that are, that are accessible. It's about creating awareness. And I think it's our responsibilities as citizens, as community members, to really know the significance of the ADA. Do you have a disability? 
If so, are the places you go accessible? Give us a call at 619-452-0228. You can leave a message or you can email us at midday at kpbs.org. Coming up, the conversation continues with ways people can navigate everyday life with a disability. Keep an eye out for the different places that you shop at or eat at or or frequent. Uh, Is it fully accessible? You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman. Today we are talking about the 23rd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And I'm speaking with Humberto Germilan and Alex Montoya. What about disabilities that aren't physically seen or perceived? Is getting service uh, even more difficult for people who fall into that category? I would say yes that it is tougher for people who have a non-visible disability uh, to really be acknowledged and be made aware because a lot of times people uh, may give uh, some deference to those of us that have visible disabilities. Uh, For someone that has fibromyalgia or uh, perhaps some sort of intellectual disability or uh, just something that that cannot be visibly seen, Uh, oftentimes they have to uh, really explain or or prove uh, that they are disabled. And under the ADA, uh, that's not supposed to happen, but unfortunately it does. But that is why awareness is is very crucial. If you uh, use the um, kind of uh, comparison to uh, mental health and mental wellness, um, a lot of mental wellness issues may not necessarily be visible, but because we have uh, really kind of amplified the awareness of that and the importance of it, it's something that's more acceptable, more talked about, or are just generally more aware of uh, these days. And so therefore, when it is brought up, it's not such a surprise. And Humberto, you know, Disability Pride Month is about uh, bringing attention to the issues those with disabilities are facing. So what would you say are some of the top challenges, um, especially here in San Diego County? Generally speaking, I think access to health care, access to transportation, accessible transportation, uh, and sometimes education as well. Those are the main challenges that I think are going to allow people to, to thrive uh, in their communities. So generally speaking, I would say that those are, are some of the most important ones. And I think the pandemic was was a really eye opener in many areas uh, of our of our lives and our community. Uh, it really showed how uh, people with disabilities are just one of the more vulnerable groups when it comes to access to healthcare, uh, access to education, and access to these resources that are needed. Right, because people that you know were were part of the special ed program, for example, weren't able to get the education or access to the education that they were getting on campus uh, at their school sites uh, during the pandemic. Uh, equally, you know, transportation mentioned ride shares. I think there's some uh, services that are starting to pop up, but uh, it's nothing that's reliable and fast like what we have for, for every other uh, person that uh, is able-bodied uh, in terms of mobility around town and, and ride share. So, you know, the root of, of the problem is just accessibility in general that we need to continue working on making the, the community more accessible, uh, implementing uh, universal design, making sure that that everything is designed in a way so that no, not only people with disabilities or with mobility challenges or mobility impairments or, or these type of disabilities are able to navigate the community 
and function in the community, but also just people that are, are not disabled. So uh, I think those are the general things that I would say we need to continue focusing on. But again, I think uh, unless we, we continue creating awareness, uh, these issues are going are gonna to fall down uh, in, in terms of the pile of folders and, and uh, people's desks. So uh, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for this conversation right now. I'm grateful for uh, Disability Pride Month. I'm grateful for the American with Disabilities Act. And I'm grateful that people right now hopefully are listening and they will share this information and share some thoughts with those colleagues at work with their family members and really you know, talk about these things that are just uh, that impact not only those with disabilities, but also people without disabilities. Alex, um, what would you add to that? I would just add um, kind of a, a challenge, issue a challenge for anyone out there uh, listening to this. It is so crucial to uh, acknowledge uh, disability rights and, and uh, universal design, uh, which is uh, a design that uh, helps all of us uh, in, in every single aspects, whether it be uh, uh, residential or uh, or commercial, uh, but to but to issue the challenge of uh, the next time you decide to go out to eat, uh, ask yourself this question: If I were to, if I am a person uh, that is able-bodied or does not have a, a disability, if I were to uh, take someone like myself or Umberto to lunch or dinner with me, could my friend attend this meal with me? So, in other words. Keep an eye out for the different places that you shop at or eat at or, or frequent. Uh, is it fully accessible? Most people don't know to think about those sort of things or be on the lookout for those sort of things unless they have someone in their life uh, that that is impacted by. I believe that social movements uh, don't really become social movements until those that are not affected start caring. And so I, uh, I challenge those uh, that the next time you go out to eat, ask yourself, if I were to bring my disabled friend with me, could he or she or they belong here? Could they could they uh, frequent this establishment? And if the answer is no, what are you going to do about it? And Alex, also Disability Pride Month is also a time to really acknowledge the contributions of those with disabilities. So I'd like to talk with you about your contributions, one being the Alex Montoya Foundation. What is your foundation's focus? Sure. The Alex Montoya Foundation really provides education uh, in two main areas, uh, the immigrant uh, experience and the disability uh, experience, because uh, I, I have been and I am uh, both things. Um, I really want to amplify uh, and celebrate both of the um, uh, contributions, but also the hardships and the struggle uh, and, uh, and allow for people to really uh, understand uh, our situations better uh, and to also be allies. Uh, so we try to um, make sure that we are readily available uh, for schools and companies and organizations to really uh, educate people of all ages on the disability experience and also uh, disability uh, pride and disability culture. Uh, I, I think a lot of people don't understand that disability uh, culture exists, and that is really kind of a part of of um, disability pride is understanding that everything from um, our language to our mindset to the terminology we use, uh, but just to the overall uh, mindset of really being a champion in life uh, is really part of uh, disability pride. Umberto, you also are giving back to the community through your foundation, the Germalon Foundation. Tell me a bit more about that. Thanks. Uh, just like Alex, I think uh, we're, we're focused on creating opportunities for individuals with disabilities in our community by also creating awareness, speaking about uh, these issues, 
but also creating opportunities in terms of scholarships and grants. That's that's our major program that that we have. Uh, we have an active board that that fundraises and and works really hard to ensure that we have the funds so that every year we provide scholarships for for individuals with disabilities. We have certain scholarships that are destined to support uh, the education of uh, folks with disabilities, and also we have some grants that can be used for other activities for, you know, adaptive sports or for equipment, adaptive equipment so that they can, you know, fulfill uh, certain, um, you know, needs in their lives. It's, uh, one example is we've we've made sure that uh, one of our beneficiaries or one of the grant uh, recipients was able to go to, to driving school and, and really learn how to drive with hand controls, that sort of stuff. So really, uh, we're focused on creating opportunities for those with disabilities so that they can accomplish their goals, accomplish their dreams. And Humberto, I'll, I'll start with you on, on this question as well. What are some things that you know now about having a disability that you wish you'd known earlier in life? Wow, that, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a very <laughs> deep question, but I'll, I'll make it very simple. I think that anybody out there that has a disability, I think there's help out there. There are organizations, there are services, there, there is a lot of help out there. So. For anybody that, you know, for example, just sustained uh, an injury or, or acquired a disability uh, after living without one, uh, there is a lot of hope. There are a lot of resources out there. Um, there are a lot of people that care. And it's important to know that because that's how you're going to be able to support uh, some of your, your endeavors by, by reaching out to others, you know, reaching out for resources and really uh, working to empower yourself through that support. because. Nobody really does uh, accomplish their goals and dreams by themselves. Uh, I am a testament of that. I am somebody that, you know, through opportunities, through uh, the support of others, have been able to accomplish my goals, my dreams, and now I'm able to support others. Yeah. Alex, what about you? What are some of the things that you know or that you know now about having a disability that you wish you'd known earlier in life? I would say... um... I wish I had known earlier in life or, or I would tell my my younger self to know that in order to really kind of survive and succeed in life and have a disability, it, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take your faith, your resources, your allies, um, but to also uh, and so to not be afraid to lean on all of those, but to also not be afraid to speak up. Again, there are many, many instances where people just are not aware of um, the needs of people with disabilities because they, it's just not in their consciousness. Uh, that's why awareness is so crucial. Um, and so to uh, really um, have the uh, the gumption and, and, and the non-hesitance uh, to speak up for your needs and for the needs of others, uh, because that's really the, the only way that things will change. Um, and uh, as I have seen, uh, when, when I and Beto and others have spoken up, uh, our situations have improved and more, most importantly, uh, the situations of those around us have improved. I've been speaking with disability rights advocates Humberto Germelan and Alex Montoya. Thank you both for joining us and all the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Coming up, Steve Chu, San Diego's first Asian-American federal magistrate judge, joined us to talk about being a respected judge and a legal geek. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition.
KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.